If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Dr. Tara, and this is Hopeful Hints, a podcast where you'll receive quick, hopeful hints on all things women's health and infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace and empowerment as you walk through the next steps in your healthcare journey. Welcome to Hopeful Hands. I'm your host, Dr. Tara, and today we're going to continue our conversation on breast implant illness. Next week, we are going to move into breast cancer. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so we're going to shift into having more conversations around that topic. But I want to share with you 10 steps for women who suspect they might have breast implant illness. So let's begin. Again, as we talked about in the past couple of weeks, this topic has gained a lot of attention on social media with influencers, healthcare providers. Well, there's an emerging health concern for women who have breast implants. So if you're experiencing unexplained symptoms that you think might be related to your implants, it is really crucial for you to be proactive and take steps to help address your health. You probably have workup after workup after workup, and they're finding nothing. So let's take a look at 10 steps you can take if you suspect you might have breast implant illness. Number one, listen to your body. You know your body best. Everybody, B-O-D-Y, is different. So I want you to start paying close attention to your body, keeping a detailed record in your phone, on an app, the symptoms that you think might be related to this. I want you to keep track of what started, the severity, how it's changed, the duration, how often is it occurring, when does it occur, what makes it better, what makes it worse, and really keep track of that. Common things, fatigue, joint pain, ability to think clear, brain fog, skin rashes, keep track of all of that. Number two, seek a medical evaluation. I want you to work with a healthcare provider who really believes you, most importantly, and really takes you serious. In the past, maybe when you went to a healthcare provider, I need you to be seeing somebody who has believed you, trusted you, is open-minded, but they may not necessarily have to fully understand this disease or illness because you're there to just run out by them, have a conversation, and then get referred on to a specialist who um, specializes in this. But again, maybe they can uh, do some other hormone concerns, roll out some other underlying things that are responsible for those symptoms often experienced. But again, I want you to be able to share your symptoms and your medical history openly with them. I want you to receive a thorough evaluation to help determine whether your symptoms are connected to this or there could be something else going on. Next, consider imaging and testing. So medical imaging such as ultrasound, MRI, sometimes in some cases can help give some insight into your condition, blood tests, other diagnostic tools, to just look at your overall health and well-being. Again, we want to rule out other potential causes at this point. So when you go into this procedure, because again, we know it can be costly for some, there's travel involved, you can go in with hopefulness that this is the cause of the symptoms you're going through. 
Next step, consult with a specialist. Seek out a provider who specializes in breast implant illness. I talk about this a lot in the reproductive space, endometriosis space. Not all providers are equal and the same, and you are likely going to have to travel because they are just few and far in between. So I want you to put your hat on and understand travel is likely going to have to happen for this, depending on where you live and where you're located, and that it's okay. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth the travel. Go a few days early. I always tell my patients and myself when I had to travel for treatments, I went to Colorado. And so I made sure I skied. When I could ski, and I love snow skiing. I scheduled in some time to go and have some time to actually turn it into a vacation. Stay later. I have patients that will rent cute little Airbnbs if there's a lake nearby or a fun, unique area. Try the best you can to flip this into a little bit on a getaway because it's going to be worth it to be in the hands of a specialist who does this all day, every day, all day, every day. Again, their consultation initially, I think, is probably one of the scariest things that you're going to book and do, but one of the most important things. And if you book it and decide to wait, that's okay. But get that initial consultation. Next step, you're going to consider the surgery. So you're going to have conversations maybe with multiple providers, multiple specialists. You're going to go join some support groups and Facebook groups and all of that and talk to people who have done it and discuss the possibility. What's it look like? What's recovery time? What are some alternative options? What are some things that people notice when they've had it done right away? What's not guaranteed? And just have these open conversations once you're actually considering the surgery itself. Next step, and probably one of the most important ones, I want you to prioritize self-care and wellness. Focus on taking care of you, building your support team, and do whatever you have to take at this time to know that your symptoms are valid. You're not crazy. You're not making this up. You're probably being gaslit if you've heard these things, but I need to really have you understand how important you getting sleep is. Eating well, as you heard Gina talk about, there is a special way we should be having you eat. Regular exercise, which might just be walking, really alleviating stress management, stress skills, say no to things, putting barriers up, really work, working on that during this time bringing in some mindfulness practices and really just doing things to improve your health at this time as we work through what could be going on and, and sorting through what next steps are. Next, I want you to engage in open communication. Share your concerns with your loved ones, your friends, your support group, your workplace. Connect with others who've done this and been in similar situations. There's something about talking, and even if you've never met them in person, perhaps you're just communicating on Instagram or Facebook. When I first went through my infertility journey, my closest friends are the ones I talked to the most. I still to this day have never met them in person. They live in states all over. I, and, and I had the most amazing bond with them and felt really supported emotionally. So really be open-minded to that too. Your support doesn't have to be an in-person person. Next, I want you to research and educate yourself. I think if you're listening to this, you probably are doing that already. And you're probably one of the best researchers around. I know my patients are. They come to me and I'm like, I want to hear it. What did you find? Who have you talked to? What TikTok did you see? Like most providers are like, mm, get off Google. That's just not reality. And if they are still saying that red flag, I want to know what you're hearing. What are you seeing? What's happening out there? And in the community where breast implant illness is a real thing, understand causes, understand treatments option, be a well-informed patient. This empowers you. And my patients, I want empowered. But this empowers you to make the right decisions for you and your health, and only you can do that. Next, let's take a look at some other alternative therapies. What if surgery is just not an option for you right now? 
What are some other things you can do? I'm a huge fan of chiropractor, working with your nutrition, working with your hormones. Let's see what we can adjust and bring in. What are some undone of things we can do to really support that right now? It's not a replacement for we know might be the long-term issue, but again, it's maybe surgery just isn't time right for you right now. So what else can you do? What symptoms are you having? And what are some things we can do to focus on improving that right now? Next, advocate for your health. Be your own advocate throughout this whole process. And if you feel your concerns are not being taken seriously, you're done. Move on. Fire them. Next, do not hesitate to get a second opinion. I have a ton of podcasts on this topic because it's very hard. And I understand that. I once was in the position where it was extremely hard for me to advocate for myself. I use the term feeling very married to my provider. And I need you to not feel that way. Think of it as it is just your provider. You do not owe them anything to go get a second, third, or fourth opinion. It is very common in the healthcare field to get multiple opinions. Please, 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 please do not hesitate to do that until you find the right fit for you, until you feel you are being heard and you feel confident moving forward. If you suspect you have breast implant illness, say, consider some of these steps, take the next step, which is usually a consultation or talking to somebody about it. I prioritize you right now to move into that next step of ruining this as a possible cause. Remember, you have the right to advocate for your health and make decisions that align with your best interests. And only you can do that. Thank you for listening. See you back here next week. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over and hit subscribe or leave a review for Hopeful Hints and Infertility Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you back here next week, Tuesday. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, helps people think critically about women's health issues encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App, and that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.